The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Tuesday, June the 12th. And we... No, it's not June the 12th. Tuesday, June the 15th. I'll read anything on the prompter, but I do know that's not June 12th because that would have meant because Friday was June 11th, my anniversary, and it was fantastic. Thanks for asking. Joining me to break down the latest minicamp news and notes around the league, John uh, Ryan Wilson and John Breach. What's up, boys? I'm just humbled to be on the podcast with the Bill Belichick of Humblebracks. Thanks to Will Brinson fan podcast Twitter page for naming him as such. And I am not surprised that Brinson doesn't know his numbers. I bet when he got to his 10th anniversary with dinner with his wife on Friday, she's like, honey, it's our eighth anniversary. What are you doing here? So, uh, Brinson, I hope you're getting better with numbers. I actually, uh, oh, you know, I meant to bring it up. So you see over my left shoulder here, the... Well, it's, it can get confusing because it flips. If you're watching on YouTube and you can watch us uh, do every podcast on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. Make sure and check it out. We have a great time on here. We goof around and sometimes we'll do silly things. Okay, we have an okay time, according to Ryan Wilson. You can see Ryan laughing about how he doesn't have a great time here. At any rate. What's over your shoulder? What are you going to tell us? the uh, signed 18th flag from Baltistral when Phil Mickelson won his very first major we need to give Debo a buzzer so every time you humble brag, he can just bang that thing. Wait, is this like a buzzer where he makes a noise, or is this like something that Brinson wears that <laughs> both electrocutes him? <laughs> both. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna get him out of humble brags. Five, one minute and thirty-seven seconds into the show, we have our first Brinson humble brag. All right, go ahead. My point is that <laughs> my wife bought me for our anniversary is this package came and it looked like a fr- like something that was framed and i was like oh my god is this a picture of me and my son and my dog or something <laughs> why would you say it like that i was just like oh is this like one of those watercolor things or it's like anyway it's a caricature um, it's, a char- been- it's a character maybe it would have been a character with big ears I, that's right or maybe it's a cartoon of me or something like that i open it up and it is not one of those it is in fact a uh, a photo of Phil Mickelson winning this year's PGA Championship, wow! With uh, like a gold, like a little like gold embossed uh, scorecard showing his the score that he the scores that he shot that week, and so I was really excited about that because it was a very thoughtful gift. And she was uh, she was, I hid her. I went out and bought her gift. I was like, I gotta go shopping for some stuff. I'll be back in a little bit. I came and this back. Is at, this is after you got your after you got your gift, right? 
Dude, I already had the plans to go get it. I just been sick because I got vaccinated. I was oh, right. Sure. So um, I I went out and she was like, oh, like what all did you get? I was like, just got us some wine and you know some stuff for the trip. And she and she and so she was like, this is this sob didn't get me anything. I thought he was going out to get me some stuff. And I hid the jewelry that I was giving her the whole way down. We get to dinner on Friday night. I like sneak it in because it's in like a box with a bow on it. I sneak it in. And we get our drinks. And she like, had made a couple snide comments like, oh, like I'm so thoughtful, the Phil thing. Like, you know, I really put a lot of thought into this anniversary. It's number 10. And we get the first drinks. I'm like, cheers. I'm like, oh, and by the way, boom, got em. And she was, uh, she was very excited. Got her a little, uh, a little, you know, they do the stacking the wedding bands thing. Mm-mm. You know, they add a band. So I thought, you know, oh. like, a, like a tree ring. I was going to say, is it like, I've never heard that. That's a thing, huh? Yeah. I mean, 10 years is a pretty big one. How does she know that you still didn't get it after she got you her present, though? Um, <laughs> She's been married to Brinson for 10 years. I mean, that's how she knows. <laughs> yeah, I think her assumption was that I screwed it up. <laughs> hey, you still got You didn't even get me a card, did you? I was like, you didn't get me a card. Where'd you guys go, Wilmington? Uh, no, we went to, um, my in-laws were kind enough to take Robbie, and we went down to Pinehurst. Ooh. It was her idea, Pinehurst. In fact, I bought this. Is that a resort for non-golfing people? Uh, they have a really nice spa there. Okay. So we did a more county, I believe. Yeah, we did a. Uh, she did. We went down Friday, ate dinner, checked in at the hotel, hung out. Got up in the morning. She went to the spa. I went and played a round of golf. I paired up with some random dudes, and then we jumped in the car and drove back to us to go to an engagement party for my buddy Jake, who just got engaged. So, All right. Anyway, so that's how my weekend went. How did you guys have a good weekend? It's yeah. Tuesday. I don't know why I'm asking about your weekend. No, I had a great weekend. Probably better than Breaches. I mean, that's not possible. I hang out with a baby. This is a shorter podcast. We're going to run through some news and notes. But I will point out, since it is Tuesday, you need to be listening to the first cut podcast. Why? Because it's the U.S. Open Week. Speaking of Phil Mickelson, he will try to, def- he'll try to win back-to-back majors. First time since, can you guess, Ryan? First he won back-to-back before? No, no, no. I'm somebody's one back to back. Oh, maybe. I don't know because I'm, I'm out of the golf loop. But I, I bet you could guess. In fact, Ryan, you and I once live blogged the last time. We live blogged it on a Monday. Oh, that was 2008, Tory Pines. Correct. Uh, Rocco, Rocco 88 and versus Tiger, Tiger Woods. Woods oh, Tiger Woods with no ACL. And right, uh, David, you know where the U.S. Open is this year? That I don't. I was going to ask you. I don't know where it is. You should guess Pebble Wait. Beach. Tory Pines. It's in Tory Pines, and yeah, yeah. all the information. There's gonna be a lot of co- there's a discussion about how the rough's gonna look, whether it's gonna be like gradual, or what it's gonna be like, um, and if they're trying to get box out Bryson DeChambeau, if Brooks and Bryson be paired together, and how they're gonna deal all that. Tons of storylines. Phil, can you follow up? Uh, John Rom, new. What father. is the? Oh, he's. I heard. I saw he was clear now because he was asymptomatic and tested negative twice. Where? What are the odds that William Hill on Rocco Mediate winning the, the, this U.S. Open? <laughs> I uh, I don't think Rocco is technically retired, but he must be in the senior tour. He may be in the field though, because he's a no, because he hadn't won a U.S. Open. Yeah, I think the exemptions for second place expired. Chris probably expired exactly. Um, yeah. So make sure to check out the fir- first cut podcast with Kyle Porter, Rick Gaiman, uh, Mark Immelman. Uh, I guess Jonathan Coachman's on there too. A bunch of the, a whole cast and crew of dudes. So check out the First Cut Podcast, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. They do a great job. Highly recommend it. Let's get to some football news. This is actually the premier. This is the only Daniel Hunter podcast at CBS Sports. Maybe even the only Daniel. We did Hunter. one last last week. We talked about Daniel. I know that's what that was. The, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Daniel Hunter, the Vikings. 
nullified all that chatter we had about him last week because according to rap sheet of NFL Network, <laughs> they have agreed to a rework deal. Hunter gets, quote, significant money moved up in his contract while Minnesota gets one of its stars to report. Rap sheet calls it a solid conclusion for all sides in an ongoing saga. Yeah, that's uh, what you Neil said. Hunter gets $5.6 million of this year's money moved up as a signing bonus. And now he has an $18 million roster bonus the fifth day of the league year in 2022, at which point Minnesota have to decide if they want to keep him or cut him. I don't know why they would cut him. And he'll uh, either make $20 million or be a free agent. So that's a good ending for him relative to relative to the versus the Vikings being like, bleep you, buddy, show up for work. Well, I'll tell you, since you showed up late to the podcast, as you often do, <laughs> I, I asked Breach specifically. I said, Breach, so how much is, in the waiting room and David wouldn't let me in? I, I said to Breach, how much is Daniel Hunter making on this new deal? And Breach, what did you say? It is not <clears throat> his so his contract, he was scheduled to make twelve point one five million dollars in base salary in twenty twenty one. Uh three point three of that was fully guaranteed. And then you add on this five point six uh that he's now getting as a signing bonus up front. So that basically gives him 8.9, about $9 million in guaranteed money for the year. And like, to me, this, this is, this is a deal someone makes when they have zero leverage. This right. is look, you know what? The Vikings said, this is the only offer we're going to give you. And Daniel Hunter probably said, all right, well, I don't really have a choice. The only upside for Daniel Hunter is that he can maybe get out of his contract. He's either going to get out of his contract or make $18 million in roster bonus money going into the 2022 season. So it's kind of a prove it deal. If you really think about it, it's saying, Hey, look, you were injured all last season. You need to come out in 2021. If you prove you're still good, we'll pick up that option. If you're not, we'll let you walk. Cause we're not going to pay someone $18 million if they're horrible. Uh, so the upside for Hunter is he's got an out. And, uh, but you know, as far as this year goes, he didn't, this doesn't do anything except guarantee $5 million more that he was going to get anyway. Cause the Vikings weren't going to cut him, you know, midway through the year. Yeah, right. I mean, I would guess that there's also probably some salary cap relief for Minnesota just because you when you restructure those deals and you well, I guess maybe it's the uh, yeah. Yeah, the 5.6 is the relief. So they should get that cuz they'll that will be pushed out right. over the next 2 years. Yeah, I mean, I don't not that they necessarily needed it, but when you rework a deal like that, usually it's done. Usually you're saying like, "Hey, look, I want to somebody's like, "I want more money." Or you're, usually the team's in salary cap trouble and they say, hey, would you like some cash now? We need to rework this deal to open up some salary cap space. Uh, this is a case of Daniel Hunter is, you know, probably looking at his salary, looking at his bank account and thinking, man, shouldn't have signed that deal. And they're like, all right, look, we'll just jam $5.6 million in your bank account now. That's, or do whatever that's, the, that's the answer. That's, <laughs> that's the answer. They push it forward. And so now Daniel Hunter is going to be back. I, I do think that's kind of big that he is – so. And the the roster bonus is big in the sense that it's an eighteen million dollar roster bonus. That's a lot of money. So if he he is playing for a substantial amount of money this year, because if he plays really well, Minnesota picks it up no brainer. If he doesn't play that, you know, or or and if you know, the only other option would be they don't pick it up and he becomes a free agent and he would get a big contract in free agency. So the win here for Minnesota is that you now have a highly motivated Daniel Hunter who also has cash. He's a happy and motivated guy, young player, ascending player, and you need a pass rush help. You've got to have a good pass rush to, you know, to win that division. Yeah. 
Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up, you're okay. <laughs> well, but that was my other point, too, is that if you're Minnesota and you're you're looking at Green Bay and thinking, we love this. Suddenly, we could be the best team in this division pretty easily where, you know, it's Jared Goff, Jordan Love, and Justin Fields slash Dandy Alton. And, and that actually is worth the $5 million. Exactly. And that's what you have to think. They were thinking, like, the last thing we need is disgruntled pass rush on our team when there's there could be three quarterbacks out there that this guy is going to eat alive. And the crazy thing about Daniel Hunter's deal is that I honestly think Chandler Jones's agent or, or the Cardinals should look at this and be like, all right, let's do the same thing with Chandler Jones and get him, you know, a, on a prove it deal because he missed so much time last year and give him an $18 million option so that he'll get in here and and not skip mini camp or training camp or anything. But yeah, this is, I guess it's good for both sides. Yeah, I think it's good for both sides. The Patriots are in the news uh, in, a, in a lot of different ways because, uh, one, Stephon Gilmore did not show up. He did not attend any workouts this past offseason. He's in the final year of his deal. He's owed $7 million. He turns 31 in September. And there, he was in the mix of a bunch of trade rumors last year leading up to the break uh, on a scale of 1 to 10. Wilson, how concerned are you if you're the Patriots about Stephon Gilmore's absence? 1.5. I mean, <laughs> typically guys hold out and, you know, it wouldn't be surprised. Like, I would actually be less surprised than the 1.5 if the, the Patriots somehow traded Stephon Gilmore before the start of the season because that's just what they do. Um, they We talked about it for weeks, months now. They spent the offseason stocking the roster on both sides of the ball. They drafted their quarterback. If Cam's healthy, that's great news. If not, hopefully Mac Jones can, can be the guy to come in as a rookie and, and have some success. So, it's not a huge concern, and I don't think there's any way on God's green earth that Steph Gilmore's coming back after his contract expires next year should he stay in New England for the next 12 months. So I would imagine that they, you know, to paraphrase Bill Belichick, he, he's on to whoever's next up at that position. And, um, you know, we'll see. But I, I think they'll be fine with or without Steph Gilmore fully acknowledging that he is probably one of the best players on this team. But they just, seem, they just find a way to sort of make up for guys um, who either are not happy with the way things are going or are on their way out the door for whatever reason, uh, obvious exception being uh, Tom Brady in year one of him departing New England. And you look at the Patriots. I don't think they're sweating this one either. Cause look, this guy is a former defensive player of the year. They've got him at a great price and they're probably saying, look, he's coming off a, a partially torn quad. Just let him stay at home and rehab. If that's what makes him feel better. We don't care when I get, $93,000 from him unless he has a good excuse then maybe we'll uh we'll not find him but there's you know if you're Stefan Gilmore there's no reason to show up it's not like you can practice and this also makes a small statement saying hey maybe you guys can give me more money because I've been so good for the team but like Ryan said they've been rebuilding and you know we heard all those trade rumors going into the draft maybe Stefan Gilmore gets traded during the draft maybe he's traded for Jimmy Garoppolo uh so I don't think it would be too crazy if he were to get dealt somewhere before the start of the season we got J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones. Juwan Williams, they drafted the second round a couple yeah. years ago. He has yet to do anything. He's a big sort of Jaylen, And Jalen Mills is offseason. By the way, Breach, do you know who the backup kicker is for the Patriots? Um, Good piece of trivia. Yeah, I probably don't. Robert I like that. Oh, I should have known that. Yeah, they, cut, they cut the, uh, Ryan, they the tattoos. The depth chart. <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason I know. Yeah, that's one reason I knew too. Um, I, I would say that it is kind of this. I don't know if it's a holdout. I guess it's a holdout, but it makes it makes sense from Stefan Gilmore's perspective because 
you know that the Patriots aren't giving you more money. You know that the Patriots, if you throw a huge hissy fit, will move on from you because Bill Belichick is a ruthless savage. Um, and there's no need for you to come in in a system you already know with a defense that's pretty, pretty full of veterans, although as you can say, the secondary has some newer guys and some younger guys. Uh, there's no reason for you in the final year of your contract to come in and get hurt in OTAs and you know, yeah, that, that's this the whole season. So I think the Patriots know that with Gilmore. I think Gilmore knows that the Patriots aren't giving me more money. And this is just a look, don't find me because you know, you don't want to find me or they'll get really mad. Like both sides know what the score is, and he'll just show up and play. Is my guess. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think, and that pertains to all old players who don't show up in May and June. No one cares. Also in the news for the Patriots, Cam Newton. He injured his hand about a week and a half ago. We talked about that on the podcast, I think, with Sully, but has been taking the majority of the first team reps and looks on track to be the starter ahead of Mac Jones, and of course. Jared Stidham. Additionally, you can't talk about the Patriots without talking about the receivers. Johnny Smith left practice with an injury, but uh, I believe the buzz is that he'll be fine. And then Jacoby Myers, according to reports from out of New England uh, practice, looking like the number one wide receiver, the best wide receiver ahead of Kendrick Bourne and <laughs> Nelson Aguilar. You don't even mention Nikhil here anymore. No, nah, you really don't. He so, might not even make the roster. I mean... That one, that one's going to go down. That's worse than the whatever the Eagles did at wide receiver. Because like the yeah. Patriots could have had DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, and they went with Inkilary. Well, get ready, get, hover your finger over the dunk button because I just saw a report that JJ Arthega Whiteside is happier than he's ever been, and he's poised for a breakout season. Oh, is he ready for? Is he in the best shape of his life too? <laughs> so I'm sure Debo already has brought the jersey, and he is raring to go. Unnecessary JJ slander, huh? I'm telling you, he, he said he's ready to go. So I have to take him at his word until he proves otherwise. What do we think, Diva? Nothing that's my, I think my silence speaks for, for itself. <laughs> I mean, I, I, look, I think he's got 14 catches in two years. Like, what are we doing? He's pacing <laughs> himself. Howie Rosen, Howie Rosen's out there bribing media members. Like, look, man, I will give you a thousand dollars if you write a nice article about JJ Ortega. He, he has double digit catches this year, and it's considered as a success. It's a joke. It's a joke. That's the thing. All right, fifteen catches this season. Over under. Um, over. I'll take over. Third year breakout wide receiver. All right. We'll you see. said the same thing around this time last year, Brinson. You were you were high on JJ. Yeah. There's nobody else on the roster. Sounds about right. Do um uh, well, who has more? Uh, a, a I'll take you, whoever option B is. <laughs> you don't yes. even have to say anyone, right? Who has more catches, Joe Burrow or Jay Jaw? Joe Burrow. <laughs> I, I was gonna say who has more DK Metcalf touchdowns or Jay Jaw uh, receptions. DK Metcalf touchdowns. Literally the highlight of his career. I was at this game last year against the Ravens. Miles Sanders broke an interference penalty or something. He, he broke an eighty-yard run. Miles Sanders fumbled it like the two, and Jay Jaw fell on it in the end zone. By far the highlight of his career. Uh, hey, counts as a touchdown. <laughs> that's pretty pathetic. Anywho, back to the Patriots. Uh, what, uh, what, 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 what uh, floats your fancy the most there, Breach? Cam, Jacoby, Johnu Smith. Jacoby, get out of here. Well, I think the fact that Cam that went good. straight back in Jacob, there. Friggin', friggin' J Jaw. It sounds like uh, Jared Sidham and Mac Jones didn't really impress very many people last week when Cam went out with this hand injury. So. You know, if you're a Patriots fan, that maybe that worries you a little bit. Um, but hey, you know, if Cam wins a starting job and and Cam, 
we always say when we talk about Cam Newton, if he can go back to the form of 2015 Cam Newton or 2016 Cam Newton, maybe the Patriots can be good. Maybe they can make a Super Bowl run. But I don't think that's possible. I don't think uh, there's a magic time machine that somebody's going to be able to go back and pull out Cam Newton from those you know earlier years when he was fantastic. But if he does play just a little bit better than he did last season, you know they won seven games, and we're dunking on Cam Newton talking about how bad he played. Now he actually has receivers. He has players around him. Um, so I won't be surprised if he wins a starting job, especially if he's thrown right back in first team reps after injuring his hand. Yeah. If he's, you know, if he was 50% of himself last year, if he's closer to 70% of himself this year, I think I love the plus 350 or whatever it was last week at William Hill for the, for the Patriots to win the division. I, I think they're going to, it sounds weird to say, I think they're going to surprise some folks. I think, but so well, they're, they're further under the radar than the than the Dolphins or the and obviously the Bills. I, I'm more. Let me ask you this: Are you more concerned about the quarterback situation in New England or in Miami? Uh, Miami by a lot. Is it even close? No. Breach. No. Because well, well, with the Patriots, you at least have okay. Cam, if Cam can pat, if Cam looks good as a passer this year, like he did before he got COVID last year, bonus. If not, run him a ton, and if it all sucks. Bring him back. Tua can't run. That's the other thing. So if you have just Cam versus Tua, at least you know that Cam could run the football. Tua can't run. I am a little bit higher on Tua than I think the the. I would like to know why. We'll have to have a separate podcast for that. You, you you're just bailing on Tua after a few games. Everyone is. <laughs> exactly. Like that's, There's no one left on the bandwagon. Brent, you are by yourself. There's tumbleweeds going by down the bandwagon. There's no one. If everyone is bailing on a that's former Brent. top ten pick. That's Brenton's cue. Surrounded by decent talent. I see your new Philip Rivers. Who's dealing with a major hip injury for his rookie season. And I'm I'll be I'll happily buy low on him. I'm not gonna I'm not all in on two or anything. I have red flags about him for sure, but I mean he's all too right, talented we'll to just bail after like eight games. Yeah, that's fair. We'll see. Okay. Let's take a break. And when we come back, Trevor Lawrence talk. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Jaguars rookie was limited at camp. Mm, more like Tua Lawrence. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> oh. Just kidding. Oh, you dunked on Trevor. 
experiencing tightness in his hamstring. Told reporters on Monday, it's feeling good. It's been about a week. Just trying to work it back to full capacity. It's a little frustrating just not being able to go full speed. I'm feeling good and just trying to not have any more setbacks. So taking it slow. Got some good reps today. Start getting more and more each day this week. And just kind of work back into it. It's doing great. Try to work it back. That's This guy's a professional already. He said nothing mm-hmm. at all, really, without uh, going into it. No, it's fine. It's not a big deal. He's not Tua Lawrence. I was just a joke at Tua's expense. I'm sure Tua and Trevor both will be fantastic. Uh, but again, hamstring tightness, not a not a huge concern. Just let him rest. Again, just like the old guys, let the young guys rest who your franchise depends on going forward for the next uh, 15 years. I am still curious, though, about the whole the bigger picture. I haven't seen any Tim Tebow reports. I'm curious about that. But also, how is this going to work with Urban Meyer? who's not accustomed to losing a lot of football games, who's accustomed to having complete control and how all these pieces fit together and why Tim Tebow's there. Um, well, one interesting thing you said, Ryan, about Trevor Lawrence was just let him rest. Uh, hello, Jacksonville. If you're starting quarterback, who you just drafted the number one overall pick has a sore hamstring. Just sit him out minicamp. It's okay. He's got training camp to figure things out or he can sit on sideline and throw passes. Don't make his hamstring worse. All a hamstring needs is some love and tenderness uh, from the trainer. That's it. Let him rest. You don't need to have him out there. Keep him out until July when training camp starts. I don't know what they're doing. Um, that's what I would do if I ran the team. I don't. I don't run but, the team. By the way, oh. quickly, uh, let me just Devo put in the. Well, before you go there, I got one more thing I want to add on uh, on, on Trevor Lawrence too. All right, go ahead. Well, James Palmer of NFL Network is in. Um, in Jacksonville at the at the Jaguars minicamp. I think Pete Prisco might actually be there too. So watch Prisco is there. Watch CBS yeah. HQ if you want to see Pete Napolo talking about it. Trevor Lawrence really impresses me. This, this kid's got the fire in his belly and he's going to be good. What do you think Prisco said about Tim Tebow? I was going to hey, say that. Personal, I want him to die. Interrupted me. Well, but I was going to tell you that Shaq Griffin said today, this is a quote for, uh, via James Palmer of Trevor Lawrence. I feel like the main thing I've, see, I've been seeing is he's very explosive. So when the ball is out, it's out. When you see him throwing, even if I'm out on the sideline, I'm watching him throwing to different receivers. It's just the rotations of the ball, the timing, the way he's putting it away from everybody. It's just insane to see that so early in a quarterback. You talk about coming into the league with such high hopes, and he's proving that. So hamstring concerning, but Trevor Lawrence, impressing veteran. Were you the one that just made fun of me for saying that J. Jaw was having a great minicamp. Or say that about everyone. This means I mean, Trevor Lawrence is the number one overall pick. It means nothing. I mean, Chris Hassel did a whole bit about it. No, learn the game, Brinson. Anyway, Prisco is in, was at Jacksonville training camp before Brinson interrupted me to tell us everything we already know. <laughs> Waiting for the dunk music. Uh, and and Debo put this in Slack. So he, here's what Prisco said on CBS Sports HQ in regards to Tebow at minicamp. He's the smallest tight end on the field by far. He looks like one of the kids who didn't grow in, in his seventh grade year and everybody else grew. That's what he looks like on the field. He did catch a pass, but he's got a lot of work to do. He's a project. He's a kid that's trying to transition to a new position. That's hard to do. It's even tougher when you're 33 years old. I don't expect him to make the team. I'd be shocked if he makes the team. Uh, Breach, where are your odds at on him making the team? <laughs> uh, whatever they are, I'm going to bet on them. <laughs> that's a, that's a smug Prisco if you're watching on YouTube. You need to watch on YouTube because the fire of YouTube just to see smug Pete Prisco in Jacksonville. That's that's the same face he's going to make when Tebow does get cut. I told you guys, is seventh that, graders can't play football. Is that the face he's making? As as um as Chris Hassel's asking, like, all right, Tim, all right, Pete, tell us about Tim Tebow. Well, okay, look, seventy percent. 
65% Tebow makes the team over under. Well, here is what Urban Meyer said about Tim Tebow. Tim has done a decent job. We all know this is a new position for him. He's a great teammate in the locker room. I can see everybody getting along. We have good chemistry on our team, but he's picked it up decently. All right. 65% makes the final 53. What are my odds? I need some betting odds. Five to one, eight to one. I'm taking it. Just whatever you have. I'm taking it three to one. I'm betting that he makes the team. I no, think you, no, I'll say no. You don't think so? All right. So we'll say, uh, yes, he makes the team is plus, is plus 300. I'd say like, I'd say plus 180. You just said three to one. Yeah, but I was doing the 65%. So I'm doing the math and we're just doing straight odds. Okay. So plus 180, he makes the team and then minus 150, he doesn't. I'll hammer him. Though. I th- I don't know why you bring him in and create all this nonsense. You know he's he's not good, so you're bringing him in for one reason, and to you know to be a, a sort of coach on the field or whatever you want to call it. You're not bringing him in to play. I think he makes it the, the roster. Okay, I'll say no. Still, I just don't think right. it's just my take. The says no as well. I'm trying to think. I mean, you can read the disgust in Pete's voice when you read this article that Brian Diar- Brian Diardo put up. He's like, he did catch a pass. Just like this, like disgusted that he caught a bad. Like he did, he did catch it. He had no business catching it. No, no business. business. He's a bad tight end. Did he say he had no business? No, that's that's <laughs> what he, he was thinking like as he said it. Bro, in his seventh grade year, and everybody else grew. That's what he looks like on the field. You know, I, you know, I just read these quotes, right? I know. I'm just rereading. It's like just it was absolutely. You would never hear any sports reporter say this about a like an athlete. And I don't think Briscoe uh, talking about Tim Tebow. I think we have Pete Briscoe one on one with Tebow. I think a lot of things about Tebow, but I don't think of him as being undersized. That's a weird. I, that's not what I was thinking either, right? Yeah. Who do you think would win an arm wrestling match between Tebow and Prisco? Well, Tebow, I mean, Prisco's arms are four inches long, so he would have the leverage. <laughs> so I'm going with Prisco. Four inches. That's insanity. All right. What else we got? We also will talk about Le'Veon Bell. He's not coming back to the Chiefs ever because he hates Andy Reid. <laughs> he wrote on Instagram. There's some post. I don't know what the Instagram post was about, but he was like, I'll never play for, or he said like Andy, I'll never play for Andy Reed again. I'll retire first. I think he said, on the, he basically thrashed Andy Reed on the Instagram post, which is weird because everybody loves playing with Andy Reed and he went to the Super Bowl. I was going to say like, it's one thing if you hate Adam Gase because he's not using you properly or whatever. Andy Reed's been a coach since the nineties, a head coach. How many people, Debo, it, did, did even Donovan McNabb or T.O. or anyone say they hated Andy Reed at any point? I'm sure T.O. had his moments, but every I, th- this is a first. Every like a player's coach to the T is is how everyone describes Andy Reid. This was pretty surprising. So he's had literally four thousand people play for him at some point, including the you know training camp guys and stuff. And Le'Veon Bell is the one. So and, and that's the thing. Like if if the Andy Reid is one of the smartest offensive minds ever in football, and if he can't figure out how to get you on the field and get something out of you, then maybe it's time you retire. So it's kind of funny that he said he would rather retire than play for Andy Reid ever again. And I saw Le'Veon Bell's kind of been an adventure on social media. I mean, we're not just talking about, uh, you know, Ryan was making the rap videos down in South Beach, uh, and he's on the, you know, the jet skis, riding the waves. That's not just the crazy stuff he's doing. He's been liking some random tweets, and I think one of them said, uh, Le'Veon Bell should have never left Pittsburgh. So it really sounds like this guy is coming to grips with some serious regret he's having because, uh, you know, that's what happens when you take a bunch of time off football, 
at your position of running back and you try to return, try to play with a coach who has never successfully put anyone in a good position, Adam Gase, <laughs> then you switch the smartest offensive mind in the NFL and he can't get anything out of you. Uh, so I think Le'Veon Bell is just having some serious regret right now. So a couple things. Remember that year he held out. Steelers fans, myself included, like, oh, don't worry. He'll be back in week 10 or whenever that was, and everything will be fine. And he continued to hold out. And they offered him a contract, and, and it was similar in money to what the Jets gave him, but less guaranteed money. Do you guys think that things would have turned out differently had he just accepted the Steelers deal and came back immediately the next year? I was thinking the exact same thing, and I think the answer is absolutely yes, because he would have been really good for the Steelers. He was playing incredible football at the prime of his career by a really good offensive line with – great weapons on the outside and Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback that he would have put up, he would have kept putting up monster seasons for the Steelers. Yeah, that was, that's just a, I mean, yeah. the Steelers get rid of you as a wide receiver, Manny Sanders being the exception and a running back. Things are probably not going to work out too well for you in the future. Oh, it's a good reminder not to draft James Connor in fantasy. Potentially. Yeah, Brian, I don't know. how would you feel about Le'Veon Bell going back to Pittsburgh? Nah, hard pass. I mean, if you again, you said it, if you can't have success in Andy Reid's offense, what chance do you have in the Steelers' offense where you downgraded every single position? Oh, my favorite part of the Le'Veon Bell thing is that Tyron Matthew weighed in and just dunked on Le'Veon Bell. Tyron Matthew, Tyron Matthew, Tyron Matthew. We haven't heard it in a while, so I want to get a couple in. That's okay. You got to get him in. Whenever I say the name, you got to get, I'm not offended, Brenton. He said, he tweeted out, these fellas will blame everybody for their lack of success. Hey, you I mean, Super Bowl, directly bro. at Le'Veon, throwing that out. Uh, I would guess that Le'Veon Bell was probably not a fantastic teammate in, with the Chiefs just because he was constantly being benched for. Well, I mean, if one of your ex-teammates is out there bashing you like that on Twitter, clearly they didn't care for you too much. Is he still under contract? In I don't Kansas think City? so. Oh, okay. So, so he here, here's the real problem for Le'Veon Bell. Teams are kicking the tires on Todd Gurley and not Le'Veon Bell. That, I mean, that should be a red flag, a huge red flag to Le'Veon Bell that maybe he needs to do something differently. I would agree with that completely, Ryan. That's a great call. Because, you know, the, the, the knee-jerk reaction is, okay, would Le'Veon Bell have success in New England right now? I don't know. Would he have success with the Rams? I don't know that either. So if you can't have success in Kansas City and then you trash the coach that everyone loves – I don't know what you're setting yourself up for besides a rap career and perhaps racing jet skis in, in South Beach. That's a fantastic point. Uh, very quickly, a couple of notes. Allen Robinson, the franchised wide receiver for the Bears, is expected to be in attendance uh, for their offseason activities, which is very important because they badly need him there. Uh, if they don't have Allen Robinson, good luck, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, because he's their best pass catcher. Jamison Crowder will not be cut. Some people thought he might be on his way out. Elijah Moore has been lighting things up every day at Jets offseason activities. People better than Trevor Lawrence or less better? Than no, no, no. It's like, like, it's like every day this is the guy who is doing crazy stuff. He was a really productive player at Ole Miss. Perfect. Yeah, he was really good. And with Jamison Crowder, he had $10 million in non-guaranteed money. And the Jets wanted him to take a pay cut. And, you know, they were probably like, look, man, you're going to take a pay cut or we're going to cut you. So you know, exactly. we don't really care. You're just going to have to take this. So he didn't have a choice. Yeah, I think that is uh, I think that is correct. And finally, quarterback factory, the quarterback factory that is the Philadelphia Eagles signed Nick Mullins. So that's exciting. After they cutting, after cutting Jay they cut Jamie Newman, undrafted free agent. Undrafted free agent, right? Who, rough, rough stretch for Jamie Newman the last eighteen months. Yeah, what he if opted Nick out. Mullins outplays Jalen Hurts. 
so Jamie Newman this podcast uh, transferred from Wake Forest to Georgia. Everyone wanted to see him play at Georgia. He opted out. So, you know, didn't he had an average senior bowl and then of course he didn't get drafted. So I was surprised that he got cut so early, but Nick Mullins apparently they feel better than he is. So here we are. Here we are, Debo. Any thoughts, Debo, on uh your boy, your man's getting tossed to the curb? Well, you you just never know when you're going to need a, a third string quarterback to come in and lose you a game in week 17 <laughs> and get you a better draft pick that you then trade back anyways behind your division. I'm talking about Nick Mullins, not Jalen Hurts. Oh, oh. hi, town hard. Debo just punched his monitor. <laughs> <laughs> Got Brinson. Debo's filing his resignation letter right now. He's like, he's like, I cannot believe I let that. I, I can't wait for learn the game to get started. <laughs> oh no, Pete's pizza. Wait, am I on learn the game or is it a Pete Prisco joint? No, this is Pete. Doesn't even want guests. It's just him talking. I think uh, for forty-five minutes on a weekly basis. Is, yeah, is this actually happening? We we can't we can't get it to daily yet, but right now we're starting on once a week and, and maybe pushing it to three days a week. I can't. I can't tell if you're joking or not. Let's have to wait and find out. Wait. I can see him wearing like an Ari Gold headset, you know, stomping around the office for 45 minutes, yelling. There is there is a zero point zero 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 percent chance that Pete Prisco do, agreed to do a three day a week or even weekly podcast that starts in the off season. Prisco would do once a month talks just to complain about how much work got added to his plate because of a podcast. He would do once a month tops. Right now we're working on the logo. His head is just a very interesting shape to fit within that, that square. <laughs> that pie. Oh, oh, oh. Use, uh, use, use a smug Prisco picture. Done and done. The only reason I think you might not be kidding is I think, I do think that Pete Prisco, that Prisco badly would like to have a podcast. He'd be like, ah, oh, your podcast is nothing. I have the best podcast. <laughs> like that wouldn't right. be surprising at all. All right, Ryan Wilson's got to go to soccer practice. Yeah, you go. Something. Who knows? Uh, so that's it for the show. Short show today. We will be back to cover more minicamp news and other things that are happening. So obviously a little bit slower this time of year. It's going to slow down even more. But we will keep turning along as a daily podcast. Make sure to check out, by the way, the mailbag or the, excuse me, Breach. Check out the mailbag in the uh, podcast feed from Monday. Hope everyone has a great Tuesday. Talk to you tomorrow. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.